besides the screen you spent most of your time staring at this week, chances are you are also captivated by a big screen video installation. From billboards to scoreboards, we inform and entertain audiences with our big screen solutions. Visit bigscreenvideo.com.au to see how BSV can bring your space to life. Got a hell of a feature interview thanks to Ryko Filters. Ask your mechanic for Ryko Filters, the professional choice to kick it all off. Because uh, when you talk about uh, major figures in supercars, uh, who do you reckon is someone that's really spread throughout uh, pit lane? Well, there's a few. There is a few. And some of them are controversial, some of them are not. Uh, some of them have a voice, some of them do not, Nimsy. Well, some of them are scared to have one. Yes, and so there are... I don't we think love our, it. our first guest is uh, scared <laughs> to have a voice. No, no. <laughs> we love it when we actually have a voice within Supercar that loves to have an opinion, um, doesn't own a team, supports, and can throw his weight around and have good, strong, honest opinions. I think our fans like it. We love it. So I'm really looking forward to our first guest. I think it's going to be great. You know what? In case you haven't picked it up, he is the founder of Boost Mobile. He sponsors not just uh, the Boost Mobile Commodore for Brody Kostecki, but also James Courtney in the number 44 Ford Mustang for Tickford Racing. Also throws his support behind Macca at Brad Jones Racing and in Super 2 also backs Macaulay Jones. And you know those jumpy trucks that we love? Well, he also yes. backs them as well. Please welcome for the first time to the driver's seat, the one and only Peter Adderton. Hey, gentlemen. Thanks for having me. You did... Uh... <laughs> You, you did forget that we're doing the Boost Mobile 500 up at the Gold Coast as well. So um, exactly right. We, we, we have an event as well at, at Supercars. So, you do. No, I appreciate well, you guys having me on. What we usually call schoolies for adults is uh, the Gold Coast <laughs> event, so we're looking forward to that. And I must say, Peter, welcome to the show because you are making your debut, and it's an, a fortuitous debut as well because for the first time in our five-year history of the driver's seat, we're going live into New Zealand tonight both north and south island and i reckon if there is a sponsor in motorsport that will grab the raptures of the new zealand crowd it's going to be you because you're bringing king murphy and richie stanaway back to bathurst so a sensational time for you to debut on the show yeah i super excited i love new zealand love the new zealanders they're, they're extremely passionate when it comes to motorsport and you know i've been a big supporter of greg's for over 20, 25 years. So, uh, yeah, love that. And I'm glad that you guys have got yourself into New Zealand. That's really good news. So, mate, let's, let's talk about um, Boost for a minute because, as I said in the opener there, you don't own a team. You are a sponsor and you partner with a number of drivers and you partner with events now and the jumpy trucks, which I'm Mrs. Max says I'm not allowed to drive anytime soon. But stadium super trucks. In case super stadium super yeah. trucks, that's right. <laughs> Boost mobile jumpy trucks. Um, so yeah, you're heavily involved in the sport. I mean, what what is it about this sport that appeals to you and why is Boost so heavily involved? Well, look, I've been obviously a big fan of motorsport for, for many, many years, you know, dating back to the time when I sat on the couch with my dad watching races. So there's a, there's a love of the sport. The other thing I found with Boost is that, you know, any of these brands, whether it's Red Bull or Monster, you, you need to have energy. You need to portray energy in your brand. And I think what motorsport does for us, especially all those different elements, to, you know, the, the Super 2s and the uh, V8 Supercars and the trucks as well, is it brings a level of energy to your brand. And that's really important to us. So, you know, it's one of the reasons why, you know, Boost has been involved in the sport is one, the energy that brings to the brands, also my passion for it, but also the fans. The fans are extremely loyal. And, you know, when you're putting a product on, a, on the side of a car or you're putting a product 
um, you know, up on a stadium somewhere. It's really important to have the engagement of the fans. And I think a lot of times people just put things up, big brand advertisers put it up and, and, and don't have a connection. So what we've tried to do is, is, is bring a story to what we do. Everything we try to do has a story to it. It tries to have some authenticity to it. I mean, we try to do different things. You know, most brands sit up there and they have a product manager and the product manager looks at it and signs it off and never goes to a race, doesn't understand the drivers, the personalities, doesn't understand the team. So we're very, very different. We are engaged, our brand and I am engaged and our brand's engaged in the sport and in the fans. And, you know, sometimes that people like that and then sometimes people, you know, think that's controversial. Um, I always laugh because, you know, I'm supposedly controversial because I have an opinion. Um, I would argue that everyone should be controversial because everyone should actually have an opinion. Some people don't want to say it or do it, but you know, I think today's world, we, you need to have an opinion. And, and if that's controversial, then you know what? Everyone should be controversial. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Pete, it's Stevie J here, mate. Uh, welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. Uh, I do. I love what I love. What I love about Boost and yourself is, as you probably just alluded to, everybody, you, you're you're outside the square. You're outside the box. You're outside the normality of what supercars has been and is sort of, um, I wouldn't say getting to the stage that it got a bit boring, but it got a bit monotonous. It got a bit sort of straight down the line, school sort of yard type, where now um, you're venturing out into these, as you said, different opinions and, and and I guess people can take that either way. And, and what I love about what you're doing is you don't care whether it's one way or another, you're just getting it out there. But what I want to know is, you know, Boost has spread through supercars quite a bit, as you alluded to. You've got driver sponsorship, you've got car sponsorships, you've got event sponsorships. What what defines like a Boost driver? Because you've got two very different guys in, in James and Brody, uh, and you love seeing them battle on the track, even though they're both sponsored by the same brand. What defines, uh, you know, what you would like to see within the Boost guidelines? It's people who don't fit in a box, like people who aren't, portrayed as something that they're not. You know, the first thing I say to any driver that I have and anyone we back, by the way, be it surf or be it motorsport or be it uh, any of the other events we be, is, is, is be who you are. Now, not everyone's going to like that, but you know what I like? I like authenticity. I like you to be real, you know, and, and you don't have to agree with me, by the way. Not everybody agrees with my stance. You know, not James doesn't always agree with what I say and neither does, does Brody, but I said, guys, just be who you are. And, and what I loved about Brody is Brody is a true racer. And, and he's one of those guys where what you see is what you get, right? He's not intimidated by anybody. And, and by the way, no driver should be. Uh, he's not intimidated by anybody, and it's who it is. And, and you look at James. You know, James and I go back, the relationship there is for a long, long time. The other thing I try to pride ourselves on at Boost is to, to look after athletes in the good times and the bad times. And, and a lot of sponsors just dump people, right, if it doesn't have any value anymore. And, you know, when James was at the end of his career, didn't have – um, anywhere else to go because we had supported James since he was a teenager. Same with Chad Reed. Um, I step up and go, no, this is the time that demonstrates that that's what the brand stands for. So we like to be there at the beginning of the career and the end of the career of the athlete. And what that does then is if you're an athlete like, you know, Brock Feeney, you're like, well, I'm going to sign with Boost because I know no matter what happens, Boost will be with me towards the end, you know, to, to, to the end. And there's very few sponsors. And you see these guys, they're in and out of cars, they're in and out of sponsors. They've got you know, a flurry of helmets at home with every different sponsor that they've ever had through their career. And a boost um, athlete always has boost. <laughs> we'll always be there. And I think yeah. that that's, that's one of the things we pride ourselves on. 
And I love that because with, that's also, you know, you're not breaking the mould there with respect because if we look back into the history of our sport, you got, you know, Brock was always synonymous with mobile. Your father, Stevie J, was synonymous with Shell and is back there. And I think it's, I think it's a valuable lesson for partners to take that long-term view, not just the seasonal view or the race-by-race view, uh, Peter. So I think that's an absolutely uh, tried, true, true tried and tested strategy into aligning a brand with someone. You mentioned Brock Feeney there. Tell me about Brock because, you know, <laughs> there's a lot of chat up and down pit lane that he is the the presumptive the hair driver, apparent, if you the, will. The, the hair apparent to go into uh, <laughs> to Jamie's seat. But, you know, you've also come out and said, well, if he doesn't get that, he will still be in a supercar seat somewhere in, in next year. So uh, by that statement alone, Pete, that tells me that he's not necessarily a shoe-in at that chair. And if he, didn't go, if he doesn't go in there, will we see him at somewhere like Tickford next year or because you'd want to put him into a competitive car? Look, I think that seats Brock to lose um, at a Triple Eight seat. Um, you know, we've been a big supporter of Brock, and just on that, and any other young drivers that are listening, the main reason why I supported Brock, and I've obviously been in America for twenty years, the main reason why I supported Brock is most athletes and drivers that we have, we constantly are on them about wear a hat, wear a t-shirt, do something on social media, tag us. Brock has that support from Boost for one reason. Obviously, he's extremely fast and he's all the things you want. Brock would always wear a Boost hat, even when I wouldn't ask him to, right? He always posted something with Boost. And, and everyone says, it can't be that simple, Peter. I said, no, it is that simple, right? If you're managing an athlete, if you're a dad managing an athlete, right, and you've got a brand like Boost, you're a sponsorship brand, go over and above what we ask you to do because it does get noticed, and so when I sit there and I look at what Brock's done, and we probably put him into his first uh, Bathurst with, um, you know, with James, because I thought that was really, really important. We will continue to support him. And, and I'm hoping that, uh, you know, Triple Eight, I think they're probably playing games to try to stretch the story out. I think Brock's got the seat. Sure. Um, but what I said to Brock is, Brock, if you don't have that seat, let these guys let you know and we'll put you in a seat because the guy has earned his right to race a supercar. And he's, he's actually proven that, like, especially even the last round or last two rounds, up at Townsville the last yep. two weekends, mm-hmm. is that I, I think there was only one session that he didn't top, you know, and uh, and that was practice I think in on last weekend, which yeah. was which was a Sunday practice. So yep. he's fast enough. I've known Brock for a long time, and um, you know he he deserves everything he gets. He works bloody hard behind the scenes. Uh, he not just a turn up race driver with his helmet in his hand and where's my car. He gets his hands dirty. He does the work behind the scenes, and he's reaping the rewards on the track. But I did want to. I know we touched on uh, the story about Greg and uh, and Richie uh, before, but I I loved the I loved the the interviews that they, those guys did. Uh, was it supercar on the supercars life, whatever yeah. it was? Yeah. Um, and yeah. just and with with you on there, Pete, and just how much you had to coax them into twist their arm and really push hard to get them to accept. Normally. A driver would go, yeah, like if, if a sponsor's offering a, a seat, you go, yeah, absolutely. But you really had to work hard to get these guys back on track in a boost car. Yeah, and it was a challenge, I'll, I'll be honest with you. You know, the one thing that I think that supercars has been lacking is the entertainment factor. I mean, you look at what happened at Townsville and you look at what happened at the race before that and the race after that and the next race is 
you pretty much know what's going to happen, right? You pretty yeah. much know the the, the, the storyline, right? And they and then they try to create storylines, but at the end of the day, you know what's going to happen. It's fairly predictable. What I wanted to do, and I actually saw when Super Chief came out and put that uh, you know, Russell Engel, Brock Feeney thing together. I was like, okay, they're not going to outmarket us. So I rang Greg and, and Richie. Both of them had, <laughs> I tried to get Greg before. I actually tried to get Greg to drive with Richie a while back when we had the, uh, I think it's 2018 in the GRM car, but he wouldn't do it. And so that, that was it. I decided, I, I, I never got to see Greg race Bathurst at the, the last Bathurst because I was obviously in America for the last 20 years. I was you know, a big supporter of his. So I just rang him up and I just guilt tripped him the whole way home. And I said, Greg, <laughs> I don't care, mate. I'm going where you probably don't want me to go, Greg. But I'm going to say I've never asked you to do anything for me ever. I've done so much for you. I'm asking you to do this for me. How good. And, and, he, and, and, and Greg's like, don't go there, Peter. I said, no, Greg, I'm going there. And then I basically <laughs> rang up and kind of misled Richie a little bit by saying, oh, Greg's doing it. And he's like, what? <laughs> and then I said, and then Richie goes, well, give me – give me some time to think about it. And I said, no, hey, no, Richie, I'll, I'll give you some time. I'll call you back tomorrow. And then I just hounded him and hounded him and hounded him. And I said, Richie, it can't be the way that it ended. That can't be the chapter that finishes Richie's race career. Right. Yeah. I said, cause I felt kind of responsible for putting him in an environment at Gary Rogers. You know, Gary's a very old school guy. And I knew that by the way, 20 years ago, but I kind of thought Gary might've, you know, changed his style a little bit when we put him <laughs> in there, but you know, he hadn't. And so it was a very, very, it was a clash of a European driver like Richie, who's basically used to putting his helmet on, getting in the car, drive the car, come back, talk to the engineer, don't talk to the press, go straight out the back and go home. But supercars is very different, right? So it's a very different environment. And it was, I think it was a bit of a shock to Richie. And maybe even, you know, again, I keep blaming myself a little bit for putting him in an environment <laughs> where it probably wasn't the right one. So I said, Richie, we can't let it end like that. Let's have some fun. Let's go to Bathurst. And, and eventually both the boys agreed. And uh, I'm, I'm super excited because I think, you know, this, this Bathurst this year is going to be, um, it's going to be fun to watch because there are no predictable stories now, right? You've got the wild cards in there. And I think the wild cards have added an element of spice uh, to the, uh, to the race. Absolutely. What's actually yeah. what's actually pretty funny, Peter, is that because we had uh, Greg Murphy on after the announcement, and he basically said that exact same story, except from his <laughs> point of view, <laughs> slightly different, wasn't I mean, it? it was... honest, yeah. No, we. Uh, I, I reminded Greg. Actually, I think Greg dated one of my old girlfriends. I reminded him of as well. So <laughs> <laughs> he didn't tell us about that one. Oh, no, he didn't tell us. He no, let that bit out. No, I don't know whether he wanted to. He tried. He. I know he tried. <laughs> Very funny. In fact, it's interesting, Pete, we're just going back to our conversation a little earlier about the loyalty of fans and that sort of stuff. One of our one of our regular listeners, uh, Peter from Munta Bay in South Australia's text and he said, proud to be a Boost mobile user after listening to Peter from Boost. So there you go. Good on you, Peter from uh, Munta Bay. Oh, mate, awesome. Mate, there, appreciate there those go. guys. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate absolutely. those guys very much. Mate, I, I want to touch on one last thing. You've given us a lot of time tonight. We really appreciate it. I want to just touch on one last thing because it is topical and I think you're right in the middle of it and and um, we read on auto action and we read on Fast Deli, all these sorts of stories about what's happening with the buyout with supercars. Now, I'm sure there's going to be some commercial confidences that you can't speak through, but... <laughs> and I saw your post during the week, which was very funny. It was alleged earlier in the week that your buyout is now gone, that your your consortium with uh, with a few other people like Mick Doohan and Peter Smith, Jack Smith's father, is done and dusted. But 
at the very least, can you at least clarify on this show whether you are in or or are you out? Well, I mean, we obviously, I've been interested in supercars, and I actually mentioned this, I think, you know, prior to the the process that supposedly is being run right now, that I was interested in in uh, acquiring supercars, and, and not because I'm an egomaniac that needs to control everything. It's because I believe the sport can be way better than where it is today. Um, I do get up every morning and I look for my um, my media outlet to see what I'm doing. Um, so yeah. I, I'll read Auto Action and they say that I'm out of the bid mm-hmm. and then I'll read another one that says we're back in on the bid. <laughs> I, I can say that I have always had interest. But the, the thing that really drives me is that supercars, the, the business, right, is just nothing more than an events company, right? They just basically own events. What I really want and what I have always believed is that the teams, the stars in their cars, but more importantly, the teams need to be strengthened. They need to have the lion's share of the revenue. They need to make sure that their business models are strong, not just for themselves, but to bring in new people. You know, I've looked at obviously owning a team and I've looked at buying a team. And the first thing I do when I look at the teams is I go, any smart businessman would not invest $1 into that team. So if we were to do anything, the first thing that we would want to do is make sure that the teams had a business model that brought in more investment, more team owners, and that you basically being a team owner, it wasn't a charity to allow supercars and Archer Capital to basically raise, you know, run events when you're losing money and you're not making yeah. money. Mm-hmm. So for me, the, 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 the structure, if I was to do something, would be all about giving the teams the strength, not only for their business model, but for other new investors coming in. Um, it's been written, are we interested? Yes, we are interested in, in, in supercars. And it's not because... I'm sitting there going, we need to make more money. We're trying to buy this as a business. I mean, that's not why I'm doing it. And I guarantee it's not why a lot of people uh, are doing it. There are others out there that are commercially uh, minded, American-based commercially minded you know, companies that I read about. Mm-hmm. And that's all about the P&L for them, right? And, and, and people don't realize, I've lived in America for 20 years. They will invest in these things. And if they don't work, they just pull out. I mean, Australia is 1% of the world, right? So when an American thinks of Australia, it's a hobby. Right? They'll have a go at it. If it doesn't work, they'll cut their losses and they'll leave. A, a consortium of passionate, hard-working people who've built their own businesses, who love the sport, will grow that sport even when it has tough times. And it's going to have tough times. So you know, from my perspective, I, I love the sport. We want to see it get better and we want to see it get bigger. We want to bring in new brands. And, and, but more importantly, get those teams to the point where they're, they're, they're really viable business models, Right. And that these guys can actually make money because when they're strong, um, yep. the series is strong. So what would be the first thing? And it's, again, commercial confidence. You have to be very careful here. But there's going to be a list of 10, 20, 30 things that, you're cha- that you would change. What would be the first thing that Peter Adderton would change if he were in charge of supercars? Uh, the first thing is to get the team stronger, is to help the teams understand how to get uh, sponsors. You know, if you look at the... Um, if you look at the grid right now, I always have this kind of joke, right? The, the, the top three or four teams have money and then the rest of them are basically, you know, a high-end rental car, right? <laughs> basically people buy <laughs> yeah. the seat, right? So, 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 so I sit there and go, we've got to fix that, right? From the, from the low-income housing down the end of the pits all the way back up to the high-income housing, it's got to be more fair and balanced. So you've got to be able to spread the wealth across those teams to make sure that they're all viable. And, and I think that that's the key thing for us. The other thing is to get other people to invest in the sport. You know, Pitbull, who's one of our you know, big 
in, you know, was one of our big um, you know, music artists in, uh, in America, just bought into a NASCAR team, right? So you're starting to see more people come into to NASCAR outside of the sport. Yeah. That's what supercars needs, right? In order to grow the sport, the problem we have is that supercars talk to the supercars audience, right? Which sadly is going away, right? And so if you're going to expand the sport, you've got to expand the audience. Well, you can't do it by basically marketing to the same people all the time. Right. So you've yeah, got to yeah. expand that. And, and so that's the first thing that I would look at. I mean, there's a hundred things that, that we would look at changing, but the first one is get the team stronger, make sure that they've got brands and advertisers that will come in now and support them, obviously get the show right. Um, and that's why, you know, it's been rumored that I want the teams out, right? I don't want the teams out because I sit there and go, I don't like the teams. In fact, I would be giving the teams more. I just think that in order for anything to work, you can't be run by a committee, right? Nothing ever yeah. has been successful when you have a committee trying to run it, when you've got two or three or four shareholders who don't agree on everything. Um, that, that's, a, that's a recipe of disaster. And again, it's not about picking on the teams. It's about, hey, this is a better way to operate it and run it. So that would be the first thing that we would fix is making sure that the teams are strong because at the end of the day, all Supercars is, is an events company that owns a bunch of events. Without the teams, the drivers on the track, they basically have bitumen. They basically have a fence with bitumen <laughs> yeah. and, a couple of little, and a couple of little painted stripes on it. That's what they own, effectively. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but, but the thing is, though, that committee that you were talking about, Pete, it's never going to work when there's people on the committee that have got vested interest within the business. Absolutely. Their only vested interest, and this is the part that I kind of, they, they get a little bit annoyed with, their only vested interest should be having a viable business. Yeah, right? correct, correct. It shouldn't be yeah. about the upright. It shouldn't be about this or about that, or I need this or I need that. It should be, do I have a viable business? And if you have a viable business, the rest is going to grow. It's going to happen organically. Organically, um, Because yeah. more people want to come in. And, and I've looked at teams, I've looked at their businesses, and I go, I wouldn't invest $1 in those things because they don't make any money. They're struggling. Um, and I'm sitting back going, we've got to fix that because then you're going to have more guys like me come in and go, well, hell, I'll invest in that. That's a good business. Yeah, mm. here. Yeah, here. Absolutely. I hear here. And, I, and it was interesting, <laughs> Pete, I said, we, you know, we, we were talking about it a couple of weeks ago about who we think, and we're not on the inside, so we don't know what the what each of the bidders is bringing to the table. But I said one of the things that I like about your consortium is that you have a great mix of business and competitor. Not just yep. art competitor, but competitors. Morris, uh, Doohan, as we said, Jack Smith's father's currently yep. involved in the sport through Jack. So it brings a really good spread of like passionate both a sporting content. Yeah, so, but yeah. both a sporting content and a show content. And a business content, and too. And a business content. Because one of the things, and I, again, I said it on the show last week. No, I said it on an interview in Perth. Um, the race two weeks ago, the NTI sprint, or the NTI race at Townsville, yep. was a snore fest. The show was rubbish. Support classes were rubbish. I just, oh. It was just a crap show. The super sprint last weekend was a lot better, but I think your consortium, to me, holds the key to putting on a better show. Not just better racing, but a better show. Yeah, I mean, there's more chance of you seeing a unicorn than the entertainment factor, I'll be honest with you right now, that's going on with supercars, right? And, and, and the Shane Van Gisberg, uh, Cam Waters race was a unicorn, right? It should yes, be yep. every single time that those cars Agreed. take to the track. Yeah. And I think that that's one of the things that, that, needs to take, uh, that needs to take place. The other thing about, you know, our uh, supposed hypothetical consortium is that we're putting millions of dollars already into the sport. 
Now, there won't be one other person that would be looking at supercars that's already riding millions. Most of them are getting paid, right, by supercars. Mm, We're actually writing checks. So we're sitting there going, you know, obviously, uh, you know, guys around our consortium, but especially me in particular, I'm writing millions of dollars worth of checks into supercars. You already mentioned the four cars plus the events and the official telco sponsor. So I already shown my commitment and I'd love everybody else, but everybody else is looking at this going, well, how do I make money out of this? I'm Mm -hmm. sitting there going, how do we grow the value for the fans and for the teams? And you know what? Making money to me, I'll be honest with you, is third on the list. It really is. Because if you do all the other things right, like I don't get up in the morning at Boost and go, okay, how do we get our EBIT up? How do we drive this? How do we drive our dividends? I get up and go, how do we get the best experience for our customers? Because the rest of it comes, right? Agreed. And that's the part that I think the, the sport needs, you know, sadly, you've got, you know, you've got someone who, who owns it right now. He's basically a private equity fund. He just wants as much money as they possibly can. Right. Yeah. That's their whole, that's what drives them. Nothing against that. That's a great business model. It's not a great business model for, um, you know, for someone who's passionate in, in a sport. So I think it's, you know, it's going to be interesting to see where it ends up. And I, and I must say, I must say, I was probably a little bit harsh on Townsville one support categories there because, the Boost Mobile jumpy trucks were on. They were about the highlight, if you ask me. Um, until one of your drivers ended up rolling the thing on its head just yeah, by that, turning through a corner. That because you haven't. You're probably not up to speed, Pete. But I want to drive one of these things. But and my sponsor Kubota Tractors want me to do it. But, but Mrs. McKeldin, the real McKeldin. boss, <laughs> she's saying absolutely no way. So when well, old mate goes, and fl- I mean, well, she thinks they're lowered, dangerous. We, we we lowered the ramp. But- you know, Cam's or Motorsport Australia or Eugene, you know, obviously we had a massive battle with him a couple of years back when he banned them. These trucks are built so well. I mean, I'm good friends with Robbie Gordon. These trucks are built extremely well. Um, they've lowered the ramps. Um, you know, they're much safer than they have ever been. And, uh, you know, I sit back and go, they're, they're fun. They are absolutely a, a blast. With you. And, and you know what's really, really dangerous is actually leaving your house. Um, the odds of you making it home every night get less and less, right? As you get as you get older. So I'm sitting yes. back going, we're, "We're here to live, you know." And if you're really worried about you know having something happen to you, just stay at home. Yeah. I, well, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I, I'm just writing notes for when I go home tonight. Yeah. And Mrs. McKeldon says, "Hey, you know, you know what you're going to do? Yeah. You're going to you're going to replay this <laughs> exactly. later on from the podcast yeah, and say, yeah, look yeah, what yeah. Peter said yeah, about that's going to be on it's speaker good. in the get, kitchen while she's know, making get, dinner. Get it, get it." Get it Get her to call me. <laughs> Done. I don't think she's worried about the actual d- jumpy truck safe safety. I think she's more worried about Matthew's talent level driving one. To be honest. Oh well, that's something that that's something that, that none of us can fix. If I can convince Murph to do Bathurst, I can convince your wife to let you run it. There you go. Oh, no, done. Yes. We heard it here around the country and in New Zealand. <laughs> Peter Adderton is going to convince Mrs. Mack to allow me to jump in a jumpy truck oh. in, uh, on the Gold Coast. Pete, you're going to need all, all of my luck in Australia and New Zealand's <laughs> luck to get that across the line, let me tell you. That's going to be way harder than Murph and Stanaway. <laughs> hey, Peter, just quickly before we let you go, because yeah. you've been incredibly generous with your time. Uh, look. The big story is, of oh, course... I don't know whether you guys realise we're in lockdown. I really have nothing <laughs> <Yeah>. to do. <laughs> well, that's true. But, yeah. but obviously the big story is the Greg Murphy and Richie Stanaway wildcard. But something I, I think often gets lost over is, as you mentioned, Richie Stanaway probably didn't have the exit that I think he's he deserved, to be quite honest, because he's a very, very talented cat. 
do you see this as maybe like a launching pad or like a kickstart to maybe get Richie back in full time? And is that something that you've had a discussion with him? And is that something that he'd be up for? This is to me a kickstart in Richie loving motorsport again, racing again. And I think that where that leads is obviously totally up to, to Richie. I told him and Greg, when we turn up to Bathurst, that this is probably the first year that you're going to have a blast. You're going to have fun. I mean, that end of the pit where we are with Russell down the end there, we're going to make that the area to hang out. It is going to be fun. So I want Richie to enjoy it. And I think if Richie enjoys it, you know, I said to Richie, I said, Richie, you know, are going to be 75%, 85%? Where are you going to be? And he looked at me and he's like, I'm going to be 100%. Like, it, almost like he was questioning me Beautiful. of why I would ask him that, right? And he said, I'm not turning up to be 70 or 85%. He said, I'm going at 100%. Now, 100% of where I was before, but he goes, look, it, it, they're, they're training, they've got simulators. I mean, these guys aren't you know, sitting back there you know, going to be wearing their Hawaiian shirts, you know, hanging in a hammock, right? These guys <laughs> are seriously going there to have a good shot at it and have a good go at it. And um, I think that that's going to be, um, that's going to be uh, you know, super important. And so they're going to turn up, and I know Richie's going to turn up with the mentality of I'm going to have fun, but I'm going to, I'm going to have a go. So I, I'm super excited to see what happens. But I just don't want people to think that this is like a novelty act, right? That this yeah. is like the real housewives of supercars, right? That we're just trying to create drama. <laughs> These guys are serious, and they're coming in. And um, I, think it's, I think it's good. I mean, I just hope he doesn't, you know, hurt Russell because elderly <laughs> abuse really is not something that I can die. So I, I, I told him in the pits, just go easy on Russell, talk loud, talk slow. Um, and uh, we might even actually do water aerobics, aqua aerobics with, uh, with Russell. That'll be, so, um, that'll be something. I, I said to Richie, I said, Richie, you'll know Russell's table will have all the pills lined up. Um, and Russell's car park Russell. is way up at the front, Pete. It's got a blue square he, he, on it. Exactly. He'll be in a, uh, he'll be in a hold of Kingswood. Kingswood. <laughs> The gold just, one, the, the 50th anniversary version. Oh, geez. Well, that's something that we're, we're definitely looking forward to, Peter. But uh, like I said, you've been incredibly generous with your time. And uh, just for anyone listening out there, if you are considering maybe switching your mobile phone provider, maybe look up Boost Mobile because they have cut all the nonsense. They do keep things very, very simple. And you get great coverage on Australia's biggest mobile network, boost.com.au, for more details. Uh, but, um, Peter, once again, thanks for being a part of the right. program. And uh, hopefully we'll chat to you boys. again soon. Uh, for sure. Thanks, guys. <laughs> there you go. Peter Adderton, our feature interview. Thanks to Riker Fielders. That was pretty enlightening, do you reckon, boys? Uh, That's I, cool. I knew when Very we talked cool. about having him on earlier in the week that he was going to be a great interview because there's just no BS, is yep. there? There's just no BS. There's no, there's no don't even political need a rubbish. You literally know. Yep. That's exactly Love what it. he's thinking. Yeah, and we've got so many text Nimsy coming in about that interview, and we'll cover those off yeah, we, when we come back. We don't have much time left in this show because uh, we've got to get out for the <laughs> Matildas game in an hour. But anyway, uh, you are listening to The Driver's Seat. Peter Adderton with our feature interview. Thanks to Ryko Filters. Ask a mechanic for Ryko Filters, the professional's choice. You're listening to The Driver's Seat, 0433 98 11 16, if you want to be part of the show. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.